to down to down to. Yeah. Missed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocabulary? Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? All good here, Andrew. Uh, Summer League is over, so now we are officially without, or it's close to be over, we are officially out of basketball for the next two months. So we have uh, we have to find like new new stuff to talk. We do, and I feel like the Thunder team is going to provide it. And through Summer League, it, you know, most of the time Summer League I'm not totally interested when it comes to the thunder at least i haven't been in the past few years they've had some interesting prospects but this year i feel like there's a ton of guys on this team i kind of like and i feel like kind of fit the modern mold of an nba player and one of those guys is deontay burton a guy they signed to a two-way contract and we asked for questions i'm going to find the question about about burton it's uh, the other Jacob at the other Jacob on Twitter. He says, "Make it a Deontay Burton, aka the Masked Avenger podcast. Just an hour of all things Deontay." Man, <laughs> after, after that last game, he was—I mean, it was such a fun game to watch and to live tweet and to just be a part of. It was amazing. Uh, what do we think about this guy? Because he he was great in summer league for that game. He was kind of up and down throughout Summer League, but what do we think of him as like a potential role-playing guard-forward-center guy? Because this, I mean, if you don't know, if you haven't watched him, he's six foot five, he's two fifty, and he can jump out of the gym. He, it's like yeah. it's very, it's one of the weirdest, you know, player types I can remember. Uh, just because like he weighs like as much as Costa Kufas, but has like a 40 inch vert. And <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that except for love it. Uh, wh- what do you think of Burton? Well, the thing that is most alluring to me is the way he understands the game. Like, I don't know if his summer league was really up and down. I think he took over uh, in a few circumstances and for the remainder of the time, he tried to be useful, mm-hmm. which is which is very important. I mean, uh, there are plenty of ways you can carve a role in the NBA by just being useful and do the right choice at the right time. So I think he's a very good passer. Uh, he can be a good defender. He's physical. Uh, that is something that I always look for, even in summer league. I mean, you look at guys um, that they took the opportunity and they are they, they, they basically go at summer league as if it was like the last time they could play basketball. And Deontay Burton, at least from the few games I saw, I I didn't have time yet to go back and look the um, the final game of OKC. I, I will probably next week. Um, like he was always uh, trying to be physical on defense and on offense, he was looking, surveying the floor, uh, even if the ball was not in his hands, and he was ready to make the right pass. Uh, he targeted um, a few backdoor pa- backdoor cuts. Uh, one probably was Ferguson, the other one I don't remember. Uh, he shot decently. I like the mechanic doesn't look uh, great to me, so that is a major question mark. Uh, but if in the next year or in the next one or two seasons, he will be able to show that he has a reliable jumper. I think he makes the league um, because, like, to have a body like that that can switch maybe situationally on fours and maybe on fives for like very uh, limited time, and that he's athletic, he will be able to slide with like 
maybe not with point guards, but with um, regular speed uh, shooting guards, mm-hmm. it's extremely valuable. Again, ball mover, shooter, uh, IQ, physicality. These are things that are valuable uh, in today's NBA. And so, um, again, uh, I think there is something there. Uh, how it pans out depends on a ton of stuff, like how he handles being uh, around an NBA team or a G League team. Um, does he like show up at training camp in good shape or in worse shape. All these stuff are question marks, of course. So we don't know, but the, like the making of an NBA players of an NBA player are surely there for Deontay. Yeah. And also strength because this guy can, yeah. he can defend, he'll be able to defend some centers at the NBA level just because he is that big and he's just a brick wall. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he's a guy that can be, very switchy. I think that's what we kind of talked about last week is that if you're looking for his NBA skill, it's probably that he's an, you'll be an incredible switchy defender so he can defend multiple positions. And then I think it's his, you're right. It's his basketball IQ. And that's something that the thunder have largely lacked on this team over the course of their 10 year history in Oklahoma city is having a bunch of guys that really know how to serve the floor and know how to play the game the right way. And I think they have guys like Steven Adams. I think Patrick Patterson could be one of those guys. Obviously Paul George and Russell Westbrook are those type of guys. And I think Abrinas is that way. And then, but you have like, like Jeremy Grant is largely still learning. I feel like, and has gotten Mm -hmm. exponentially better, but I don't think that's, it's a natural thing for him. I don't think it's a natural thing for Andre Robertson, although I feel like he's gotten a lot better too and was actually doing really well with those kind of things uh, before he got hurt last season. And, you know, Ferguson, I don't feel like is a natural that way. Uh, but when you look at Burton, it's like, oh, okay, like he, he can play. And he, so if you don't know his history, he played at Marquette and then he transferred to Iowa State uh, his junior year and finished college. And then he ended up on the Timberwolves training camp roster last season and didn't make it. And so he went over to the Korean League where he had an amazing season. I think he scored 28 points a game over there and won the MVP award. And, you know, he had an impressive career over there. I don't really know anything about that league at all. I assume the competition isn't great, but for him to still get that life experience and to be able to even dominate at that level. I mean, that says something. And mm-hmm. then he came back and got on the Thunder Summer League roster and the Thunder almost, you know, after seeing him, you know, probably in practice a few times, just signed him to the two-way contract because I, th- I think that there was probably some fear on their part that, oh man, like somebody might try to get this guy. And we don't want that to happen. And so they snatched him up pretty quickly. And it was all, it was a, it was kind of a surprise. It was a surprise to mm-hmm. me at least. Cause I, you, you figured that like you have Diallo there and like may, he's probably makes the NBA roster, but what if they make like a two for one trade with Melo? Then there's not quite as many spots as you thought there would be. And, and maybe you don't have enough spots for him. So you want to keep a two way open uh, you look at Hall and Hervey as well, and you kind of thought about those guys. And then immediately this off-the-radar guy gets signed. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's what's going on here? This is really confusing. And then after you watch him for five games, you're like, oh. Well, I mean, and then there's people that are kind of swinging to the extreme saying, why doesn't he have a, a regular roster spot? And, you know, there's part of me that sees that. I, I I don't know. I feel like he could come in and play. He's, he's is he twenty four already? He's either twenty three yeah. or twenty four. Yeah, yeah twenty four. Twenty four years old. He, if he's gonna make the NBA, it's gonna be soon. There's there's not yeah. a whole lot of waiting around for twenty four year olds to develop. And so, I, I can see him playing a role in the next two years if he's gonna make the NBA. That's a it's a big if. But it's possible because he has all those skills that we talked about. And 
is versatile and can come in and play at the two. He can come in and play at the four for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he could be, you know, we don't, everybody's talking about Houston and what's going to happen with him. And I think there's even a question about him. I, don't, I just don't think the Thunder are going to bring him back. Like Corey mm-hmm. Brewer, I don't think the Thunder are going to bring him back. I just don't, I don't see that happening at this point. And so I think Deontay Burton could slide in and be that backup three that they don't really have on their roster because they have a ton of twos. I think that he could come in and, and be a backup three for them. He doesn't have the height, but he has the length. He's got the athleticism and he's got the strength to play the three. And so he's just a really interesting player. He's on that two-way contract. And so they could fully guarantee him through trading camp and make him a part of the roster. That's not out of the question. I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think that, that that's a, a firm placeholder for him so that he doesn't go anywhere else is kind of the deal. Yeah, and going back to the uh, Korean Basketball League, like the talent level is not great. I mean, I'm scrolling through the names here. There are a few second-round pick like Terrico White uh, or Vernon Mecklin, like yeah. second-round picks mostly. Uh, the only first-round pick I'm seeing now is um, Arnett Moultrie, uh, yeah. which was like uh, 2012. Pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And the numbers that um, he had during the season were pretty solid. I mean, he ended up uh, shooting 34% from three, which is not ideal in 63 games and almost uh, five uh, attempts um, from from deep. And so, I mean, um, like... uh, almost 50% from two range, well, more than 50% from two range, 74% free throw line, uh, seven rebounds, four, almost four assists, uh, 1.6 steals, one block. Again, it's hard to look into these stats because the league is like basically uh, made of non-NBA players, uh, but still to play 63 games and like earn the MVP, I guess it's, it's not that easy now the korean league from next season will in all implement like height limits so you you have you can have two uh foreign players one can be below six seven and the other one needs to be uh i think below six five so that that's that's completely weird but anyway uh <laughs> yeah yeah like a few um like korean uh players like uh, american players that plays in korea from for a lot of time will not be able to do that next season yeah uh, yeah huh. that's 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 completely well anyway uh, anyone like any league can decide whatever system they they can implement sure but anyway yeah i think i think that uh, again um Training camp will be big for him. Yeah. Uh, and mainly because I think that OKC will not go 15 uh, player sign in training camp because it makes no sense. And But we'll see. I mean, they cut uh, Ronnie Price to make room for Samaj two seasons ago. So who right. knows? I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. It's hot outside. Andy's Frozen Custard is there for you. They make their custard fresh hour by hour it is so good uh, i take my family there often they have they still have this blackberry concrete that you've got to try if you haven't tried it if you've listened you're like man that sounds really good you just go today just do it and you will have no regrets whatsoever because the blackberries are fresh the custard is fresh you can watch it being made through the window it's so good You can go to locations in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Arizona, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Tennessee, Florida. I know we have people in all those locations. So please take the time today to go eat at Andy's Frozen Custard. It's a great little date place. So if you're looking for uh, a short date to take your girlfriend or wife on, go check it out because it is really that good. They also have concretes of all all kinds that you can get and the combinations are just almost endless. You can get their mint chip concrete, which is something I really like. It's mint syrup with melted chocolate chips in it. Uh, You can get a custom concrete that has cookie dough or any kind of fruit or nuts or chocolate. Uh, 
Uh, Heath Bar is a really good one. You've got to go check out Andy's Frozen Custard and support the people that support Down to Dunk. And I, I know Dakari had a good summer league. I, I just don't see... I just don't even... With Noel now mm-hmm. and with Grant, well, I just don't know where he fits. Like, what's the future of this guy? He's got a year left. He's cheap. I get it. Like, he's insurance. But I just... I look at all these other guys. And I'm like, why don't, why don't we just... Like Devin Hall, let's let's give that guy a chance. Let's. I know Kevin Hervey, he he was he was okay, and Hall was okay. Like those guys were okay, mm-hmm. but they they fit a more pressing need for this team, and that's where I'm just like, can we just can we cut him? Can we do that? Can we make that yeah, happen? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he can probably be packaged with like. Any other deal? I mean, yeah. Again, that's true. He's fine uh, as a third string big. Basically, that's what he is. Yeah, that's what he anywhere. That's, that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's again. He started and it was fine. Um, he can be your when any anyone else is injury. I will play, and you will not regret playing myself like you did with Samash. So um, there's like. It's a minimum contract, so anyone yeah. will will uh, absorb that without blink. You can even like the Thunder, and and this is um, somehow forgotten. Can give like up to five millions to the receiving team. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure that if you pay for, uh, if you have to clear a roster spot and you pay for Dakar's contract, like there are like probably 25 teams that will say, okay, we'll take him. Yeah. Yeah, and I I personally just think that the more spots that you open up and give to wing-type players, the better. Because yeah. I just think at this point, it would be best to move on. I just feel like I just don't want to have dead weight on the roster. Cause I, I, yeah. And to calling Dakari dead weight is probably too far. But Kyle Singler, he's expiring. It would be nice to see if they could move move him into somebody's space and pay for some of it. You know, uh, we'll, wait. We have to wait on Marcello first, and then we'll see. <laughs> That's so true. So, uh, Michele is not going to refer to Carmelo as Carmelo Anthony today because somebody did not want us to mention his name on the podcast at all. Let me find. Let me see who it was. Uh, it was Shane, Shane Gardner. Yeah. 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 Shane Gardner. He said, can you please not mention mellow like at all? Unless a deal has actually happened. It would be super refreshing. <laughs> and so, uh, we're going to call him Markello for the, yes. for the podcast. If that's okay. And that way we won't mention him for you, but the thunder really do. They need, they, I, I feel like he's holding up a lot of things. I I feel like the Thunder may have already jumped on a deal for Diallo had he already been dealt. And we we the problem is that I I really think that Sam Presti still wants to make a trade. I I really mm-hmm. do. I know that Chicago has is not really an option anymore. Uh the Nets aren't really an option. Uh, Atlanta is more complicated than it was last week. But I still think that at the end of the day, when it comes to Carmelo, they want to use his deal to improve the roster and not just improve the financial situation with the ownership group. And it just would not surprise me if the owners were just ready to push forward with that too. And so if they can make a deal, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, they can make a deal that involves trading for a player and also saving money, that's wonderful. But I also think that, and this just remains to be seen, like nobody knows, everyone just assumes the Thunder want to save money. Uh, But I think that it remains to be seen if they have like the full permission to just go get whatever they can with this contract. And maybe that's the case, in which case you could trade singular. And, And you know, you could... You could maybe find a team that has ten million in space. You could call Sacramento and say, "Hey, would you take Singler and Abrinas into your space?" Yeah, and 
they would probably do that. Yeah, I can give you like cash compensation and two second rounders maybe uh, in the future. Not that OKC has all utterly or even like actual first round they already picked um, in last uh, June draft. So yeah, there are plenty of ways. And, mm-hmm. and again, Patterson can be on the table as well. Um, I like the fit, but if the guy who OKC get from the uh, that guy trade um, is a power forward, then he may be uh, the one on the move. So right. there are, again, um, the fact that Chicago didn't want him uh, or the fact that Chicago used their cap space in a different way doesn't mean OKC was not into talks with Chicago. Maybe the fact that of getting back Felicio or Ashik or even Robin Lopez is something that OKC didn't like. Right. Like basically all like Robin Lopez has value uh, for sure. Uh, but the other two guys are dead weight. Like, it's probably better for OKC just to keep Melo uh, or, or whatever name I, I decided to use the, and I'm not using now. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> like, uh, like the fact that all, like even uh, Atlanta, uh, they took in Germany. Yeah. What if, what if they think that A, they can keep him or B, Germany makes sense for OKC and could be a very good piece in a Melo trade? that can be done as well because he can be moved uh, since it was uh, acquired by a trade and not signed. So there are, again, plenty of moving parts still. And OKC has all the time. Uh, They have like six weeks from now, they have to make the final decision. And so, again, I would would be uh, like pretty, um, I would say, optimistic about the ending of this. Yeah. Yeah, I... I remain optimistic too. And maybe that's that's kind of just my nature is to be optimistic. And so it could end up being a, a buyout and a stretch. I just I just find it hard to believe unless it's coming right from the ownership group. Hey, you need to stretch this guy, buy him out, let him go because we can save $100 million. If that's the directive from the ownership group, Sam Presti is going to say, okay, let's do that. But with the time that they're taking and with the reports that were out there, I just find it hard to believe that they're not still negotiating trades today with other teams. And so I just, I think they want to improve the roster. I think they, they see that this team is good. uh, But they also know that they have a long way to go to reach their goal. I mean, Mm -hmm. and make, there's no doubt about it. Their goal is to win a championship and that's, Maybe people think it's out of reach. I tend to agree, but I think that the team is going to try to push as many chips to the center of the table that they can, and they're going to try to win. Uh, we touched on this briefly, but at Dakari Sanchez asked our thoughts on the Jabari Parker deal, and he said, I think him and Levine, if him and Levine are healthy, they could be really fun. Oh, I love the deal from Chicago point of view, not because I necessarily think that the fit with Jabari Parker is great, um, but because they they signed a contract for about 20 millions. Uh, we don't know yet the specific number uh, and they made it non-guaranteed until um, so it's it's a basically not uh, it's a team option. Um, so they can trade Jabari starting December 15. Uh, up to the trade deadline without picking up the option. Uh, and yes, John, I'll forgive you uh, for not uh, getting this right because A, I didn't get it right <laughs> first and B, um, you were probably doing uh, tons of other st- stuff. Um, um, it was just a tweet, a, bit, a tweet history between me and John Ham. So uh, they can trade this contract, which becomes uh, basically, that can be cleared by the receiving team before next season. So basically, Chicago can take up to 20 millions in bad money in February if Jabari don't work with them. So they get to try out a very talented player who was a former second round pick, um, uh, sorry, the um, first round pick, uh, second overall pick. Yeah. And if things don't, don't work or if things work uh, 
probably too much, they can say, well, now we have value in giving Jabari to a certain team and we have value in getting back bad money. Suppose that Jabari shoots like 40% from three and Chicago is too good to tank. They can decide to call the Lakers and say, well, give us back uh, Luol Deng maybe, I don't know, a very good first round pick or an unprotected first round pick or some of your young talent and I'll give you back a real player that can help LeBron this season. And then next season, you can decide either if you resign him or if you exercise the team option and you have 20 million less on your uh, cap space. This, to me, is a very, very smart decision by Chicago's front office. Yeah, they're in a no-lose situation. They have a team option on the second year. I mean, it's yeah, just, it's well, like a $20 million tryout. Like, would you pay... They're basically paying $20 million for Jabari Parker to try out for their team. And that's... Exactly. That's a great opportunity cost. It sounds like a ton. I get it. But this is the second overall pick, a guy that was thought to be a franchise-type player, and his, his he's been derailed by injury, but with a change in scenery with a different team with more motivation what what does he look like i don't know yeah and well the uh, i read like kevin pelton um article on that trade and i even interacted with him uh, on twitter and he and he said well they could they could have done the same deal that brooklyn had where they netted a uh, protected first round pick yeah well to me you can get the same. I mean, they get they uh, they got the same last season with uh, with Mirotich. So I don't know where's the downside of this deal. They will get a first round pick if they acquire uh, Luolden contract in in February. I don't think there's any doubt on that. And so I don't really see any uh, downside. And part of those twenty millions you have to pay anyway to reach the floor. Yeah. So, who, like, really, it's it's a great deal. Uh, of course, for OKC perspective, had they like concocted a deal for entity, it would have been better. But for them, it's it's really um, it's really one of the best out one of the best deal I think they of this uh, free agency in terms of flexibility and and even the fact that Jabari can be good for them. And if if it is like you have you have the opportunity, uh, and this I it's another good thing that if you confirm the team option, you can extend Jabari's contract. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have all the options. Yeah, it's. I think it's a It's a nice deal. It, and it also depends. Like, if you don't think that... Oh, no, my dog is barking. Uh, if you if you don't think Jabari Parker is any good... He, he, he agrees, probably. He yes. is loudly agreeing on this. If you don't think that Jabari Parker is any good, then that's where you don't like the deal. But I just don't know how you can say that after mm-hmm. what his career has been like. Maybe you just don't like the style of his game. I don't know. But if you're Chicago, like you just don't have a lot going on for you. <laughs> so yeah. you might as well just try stuff. Uh, I want to give credit to Kim Pingleton for asking a question about Josh Hustis. I have not heard a peep about Josh. I don't know. I just don't think he, he'll be in the NBA, would be my guess. That he either will go start another career or he will go play in Europe. I don't know, but that, that would be my guess because I haven't heard about him or he may end up on another team's training camp roster and try to make their roster. I don't know. I'm not really sure what, what the plan is with him, but I haven't heard anything about him being, uh, you know, on, on the Thunder next year. And then at Josh underscore Morrison was asking about Dakari and buying him out. I mean, yeah, they could waive him and, you know, it wouldn't cost them all that much to do so. And it would give them another spot. Uh, And then he also asks, how can we collectively make sure they don't sign Daniel Hamilton? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it just feels like they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's because he's played with the G League for two years. He's in the pipeline. He's coming down the pipe down. to the Thunder organization. I hope they don't do it. I just think they have... I, I think Diallo's a better prospect. I think even Kevin Hervey's a better prospect. I think that Burton's obviously a better prospect than he is. 
I just am not a fan. And if you like him, like the profile is he's six foot seven. He can play the point guard position. He can pass it. He can score. I don't know. I just don't see it though. The dude doesn't defend. He makes some of the dumbest decisions with his shot selection. He's, he's a, he can be a good passer, but he also turns the ball over a ton. I just don't see it. I feel like he's like Samaj 2.0, just like a bigger Samaj Christian. I just am not, I don't see it. And he doesn't defend like Samaj tried to. I just don't, I don't see it at all on the NBA level. And so I'd be highly disappointed if they gave him a spot. That's where I feel like you have him and Dakari. So I, I, good for them for sticking it out. But I, like, who, who's, who are you trying to keep them away from? I just don't know what team is like super excited to sign either one of these guys. And I, I just feel like there's so many, there's so much more right there waiting for you that it would be a better option. And I just fear that they're going to end up with both Dakari Johnson and Daniel Hamilton on guaranteed contracts for next year. That would be unfortunate. I I really don't like Hamilton. Um, I may be wrong uh, because you never know how a player transformed uh, by like Hamilton in every uh, settings that we analyze him is a setting where where he handles the ball uh, a ton of time Mm -hmm. and that to me doesn't work uh, at an NBA level it's not a good shooter so I don't know how he can be effective in a off-ball role Uh, but I don't know how to yeah me neither so the point is you have you gave the guy a shot because like I, I I I heard um, other podcasts in OKC, Brett Dawson uh, mentioned uh, the same concept of the pipeline. But they already gave him a two-way. Yeah. And they employed him at an NBA level for a few games. I don't know how many days total uh, he was with the team. Um, But I think at least like five to ten, something like that. Mm -hmm. So they gave him a legit shot of being around the team more and getting more guaranteed money than the D-League ones. And to me, like, if I see him play today or I saw him play last season, I don't have, like, a different opinion. I don't see improvements in areas where I want to see improvement. Because say that he's not a good shooter, uh, but he can defend. Or he can be decent at the rim. Then I may see why you... you can give him in like a contract, but like he's still not efficient at the rim because he's slim and he's not as strong. And B, he really doesn't care about defense, or at least in summer league, he didn't care. I can, I am positive of, uh, of that. Like when you you basically leave your guys semi open all the time, and you get caught in backdoors or any action that involves cuts, mm-hmm. you're not paying enough attention or just you're just not good. And right. so I, I don't see why like give him another opinion, another uh, look, uh, especially with the fact that you really want to value uh, your uh, roster spots because you are not using the taxpayer Emily probably uh, during the summer and you may want to add someone um, come in February. And so keeping a, uh, like one or even two open roster spots and employ like good two ways may be the path that OKC will follow. And so, yes, in some sense, he is part of the pipeline, but they already reward him by giving him a two way. Right. And I don't see a ton of improvement there. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who do you like from the Thunder Summer League roster? We can kind of talk that a little bit and then go back to questions, but well, there is one question about uh, Rashawn Thomas um, okay. that, that I can use to, to talk about the guy I like. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I loved uh, Rashawn Thomas uh, as a player, but I don't see him as an NBA player. Yeah. Um, At Thunder I, I, underscore dad. Yeah. So to me, he showed like every part of this game and I loved a ton. Like he's an effort guy. He will 
fight for loose balls. He's a good rebounder. Um, he can grab and go in transition. He can move the ball. He's not a very good shooter, uh, or at least he doesn't take shots with confidence or even position himself uh, to take up like three-point shots. Uh, and to me, that speaks as a guy who can find fortunes in, in Europe if he decides yeah. to go there. And I can tell uh, because I had plenty of conversations with um, European um, general managers and, and agents that his name is on the top of the list of many good NBA, um, uh, EuroLeague or top European teams. And so if he decides to go, there are plenty of occasions for him to, uh, to rise in Europe. And then maybe uh, in, I don't know how many years, uh, if he develop a good shot, if he increases the um, array of offensive tools that he has, maybe he will make the league when he's older. Now I don't see it. Yeah, if he could shoot, you could see it. But he's he's six five. He's just not big. He's just not big enough to play the big positions because that's what he's a power forward, center type yeah. of guy. And he's got some ball skill. He can push it and transition. That was kind of fun to watch him do that. Uh, he's perfect for summer league because if you're just giving supreme effort. And, you know, he's been playing in the G League and he's been playing for that uh, that national team with Jeff Van Gundy. He's been a, a fine player at both those levels. I just don't see what he has that will translate to the next level. And, you know, good for him for fighting for his career at this point. But I think you're right that he's probably best as a EuroLeague player and that's not a bad thing. He can, oh, no. he can go over there and make a ton of money. He could probably live on the beach and have a great life for you know the remainder of his 20s and then come back and have a, a regular career here in the United States. I just don't see him making the... At least I don't see him making the thunder, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's he's at least interesting. Uh, what do you think of the, the other second rounders? We, we haven't talked about Diallo yet. And uh, the Frozen Oki wanted us to give our our takes on Diallo. I'll let you start and I'll jump in. Well, to me, it's about uh, like skills and what the guy can bring to the NBA level. And it's pretty obvious that Diallo has NBA level athleticism. We know that since 2017 combine where he jumped out of the gym, basically. Uh, But to me, the thing that I saw in Summer League and I think will translate is how he uses that athleticism to basketball stuff. And yeah, it's it's nice to see that he grazes the rim with his head on a regular rebound or that he can really dunk the ball. But to me, the most impressive thing that I saw about, about uh, Hamidou Diallo is how he moves his feet on the defensive side. He... He was paired with a point guard, I uh, apologize, I don't remember who he was, that did a few change of direction. And he did it on Diallo and on Hall. And there you can see the difference. Like Hall is a, is a decent defender. He, can, he knows how to play defense. But at the second change of direction, he was half a step behind. Diallo was all the way through with him. Like he was able to change the direction on defense, slide with his man without losing a bit. This is extremely valuable because a guy that can do that is a guy who can play elite defense in the league. And to be an elite defender, it takes like a lot of stuff, uh, understanding of the game. But that part is nece- is necessary to be an elite defense, uh, an elite defender. And so... That skill was probably the best. Uh, I know that it's really nerdy uh, to discuss feet movements uh, of a player, but I think that those stuff are the one who matters uh, and you have to take on when you watch summer league. Not the shooting, uh, because like Dozier is not a great shooter and he shoot the ball particularly well in summer league. Yeah. Uh, Diallo shoot okay, and I think there is plenty of improvement there already. Uh, but like, if you tell me that he plays like 15 games in the league and he shoot 22%, I will, uh, I will say, well, that's entirely possible. Uh, so I, 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 I cannot trust 
16 jumpers uh, taking at some early level while I can trust feet movement because that is uh, that is almost uh, natural. So he he really applies his athleticism to basketball, and that is important. I don't know when. Diallo will make an NBA roster. I'm pretty sure that if he doesn't uh, go completely nuts in his life, he will be able to to carve uh, a role in the league. Yeah, I think he makes this Thunder team. Don't you think? Oh, the, uh, it, it's likely. Uh, if OKC decides uh, to move him in a deal, uh, then probably in another team. I I don't know yet yeah, if he if true. he's going to make the Thunder uh, or another team, and maybe another team is stuck, and so they will just. I don't know. Uh, like, it's likely that he will make the roster uh, this season. If like, I would give him a roster spot this season and probably play him like ten times uh, or something like that. Yeah. Um, because I want to give him plenty of playing time with the D League. Uh, to because like, I really like how OKC uses um, some player in in his uh, uh, D League. Um, and so um, I think it's good for him to play organized basketball uh, with like spacing concepts and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, it's likely. It's likely that he will make an NBA roster this season. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. I think that he's going to be really good. Like if he makes the Thunder, I think that he is he the most athletic guy on the team. Like it's he's up there with Ferguson and he's up there with Jeremy Grant and Whoa, so you're not counting Russ? That's that's disrespectful. Oh, I mean Russell <laughs> Russell's implied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But it, I mean it, it, he's he's in the top 4 if not the most athletic guy on the team. Like he's he's yeah. a crazy athlete and that just tells you like, he has that he, when you're looking at prospects, there's got to be something elite there for them to make it. And he's going to be a role player. The dude's not going to come in and like make an all-star team or anything like that. But he's going to be a role player. And you have to have some high-level skill. And the Thunder always look for... Athleticism is typically the number one thing the Thunder are looking for. That's why they drafted Terrence Ferguson. That's why they traded for Jeremy Grant. That's why they drafted Andre Robertson. That's why they you know, really believed in Russell Westbrook to a large degree is that they just have this high-level athleticism. You can't teach it. You can't train it. It just is. And they love to mold from there. And so yeah. if, if they can have Diallo hit a corner three, if he can, he's he already does look good on the defensive end, but he's going to have to improve to play decent minutes on an NBA roster. Can he improve that? And he's already shown to have more skill than I thought. Like he can grab and go. He, he his ball handling is a lot more advanced than I had any idea. Uh-huh. And so, I, I think he's going to be good. And I don't. I I don't think he's better than Terrence Ferguson. I know Terrence Ferguson largely was disappointing, but I I saw some things from Ferguson defensively that I was really intrigued by. I think that he has improved his body quite a bit since last season and he still looks crazy skinny, but he's not nearly as skinny as he was last year. And yeah. so his body's better. I feel like his control on the defensive end looked good. Uh, he is probably not going to be initiating any sort of offense anytime soon for the thunder, but I think but that- he had like, he had good look. Like I, I know that he wasn't effective. Yeah. But at least he had a few moments where I think he did the right pass at the right time. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so, I agree with that. So, yeah, he was playing with, like, below average talent. So, again, he may be able to attack a closeout. And if he does that, that's a huge improvement from last season. Do you remember how Josh Houston attacked a closeout against Washington? In Washington oh, in the first season. He was, ter- was, he like was a, terrified. A, it was not good. That, yeah, it was tragic. Say that Ferguson can deliver a simple pass out of a closeout. That will happen because if he's open, guys will close out on him. Yeah. So say that he can do like three dribbles and a pass. I, I think I think he can do that. And, I, oh, and, yeah. he, and he did it last season from the corner a couple times. Yeah. And so, so if I, I think that's that, possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like... like 
you will not ask Terrence next season to be de facto point guard of the second unit, but you may ask him, well, you have different options when a guy close out. You can either rush a shot if you're confident or B, attack. Yeah. And if he's able to do that with a semi-good uh, outcome, like even a pass that doesn't lead to a shot directly, but at least move the ball in the right uh, flow, that is a huge improvement for him. Sure. And, and yeah, I mean, those things are extremely valuable. And again, he had Daniel Hamilton that basically suck up all the possessions. So, like, don't <laughs> don't be so... It, it wasn't okay. I, it wasn't like a 25-point uh, scorer in, in Summer League. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. That, that is yeah. something that we were looking for. We were hoping that he could at least blow up for one game as yeah. a scorer, and he just really didn't. But there was one play in particular that still sticks out in my mind from the last game the Thunder played. Mm-hmm. And it was down the stretch of the game. The Magic had really closed the gap. It was a really close game. Burton throws the ball to Ferguson on the wing. He's He has a pretty open three to take. But then he sees uh, Rashawn Thomas under the goal wide open and he bullet passes to Rashawn Thomas for an easy layup. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I saw that as okay. Like that's he's showing that he has the ability to think the game at a higher level than he did last year. And if that's the result that they get from him handling and trying to distribute and doing those things, wonderful. Because that's the kind of stuff that Billy's looking for. He's not yes. necessarily looking for him to be Steve Nash. Like he's never going to be a point guard. But if he can be a guy that can make the extra pass that can make the right pass, that can make the pass that leads to easy bucket. That's what the Thunder are looking for. And they haven't always had those guys. Like I mentioned, uh, I, I think that Robertson is, has become more of that player, but mm-hmm. he was more of a record scratch guy where he catches the ball and kind of looks around and he doesn't really know what to do. And so if you can, and Ferguson's going to play this year. He played last yeah. year. Ferguson's going to play. I know people are like, well, I think Diallo's better. I'm sorry. I, Hamadou Diallo, I like him a lot. We just talked a ton about how much we like him. He's not going to play much for the Thunder. No. He just won't. No. And if he does at all, it's going to be in garbage time or it's going to be because there's an injury to somebody. And so Ferguson will be in the rotation day one. He just will be. Uh, and it yeah. may be even over Alex Abrinas. Like That would not surprise me. The Thunder really, really like him. That hasn't changed because of how his summer league went. I feel like he's going to get more open shots when he gets to the NBA level because he's playing with guys named Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Steven Adams. I think that he's going to be, I think he's going to be just fine. And he's going to, he's going to go back into his comfort zone, which is being a play finisher, getting out on the break, defending. I just feel like that's what he's going to do and he's going to play. And so there's a question here from at Martin underscore 23 underscore he says rank the current two guard rotation robertson abrinas ferguson diallo and who do you think will be better in three or four years um well to me in terms of talent and the way i i personally like the player i would say robertson uh robertson abrinas uh ferguson diallo yeah. um i think that the rotation minutes will be slightly different with abrinas and ferguson like tie uh, even if to me the likeliest outcome is that only one of the two is on the roster but that is a different um again i i think that one of the two will be moved. Uh, but yeah. if not, I think they'll have similar minutes. Uh, who's better in, in three years? Uh, I think Ferguson has the chance to be the best of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like the body type is so interesting. He's an athletic 6'7". Um, I don't think, uh, even if I was prompt many times uh, in this uh, summer league, that Robertson will be back shooting 38% from three. That is not <laughs> going to happen. If you, like, like, tell me 32, I would say, eh, maybe, yes. He, had he gets one lucky season. if he has a few lucky ones go in. He'll shoot. Yeah, yeah, maybe 32. But again, no, that's 38 is like elite NBA shooting. No, that's not not him. If he did that, uh, like I mean, he could 
Oh, I'll, he, I will swear. He, he would get I, 20 I'll million. <laughs> I'll, somebody. I, I'll make, like, if, if Ferguson, I'm saying this right now uh, on air, uh, that if Ferguson shoots 38% for Robertson. three, uh, two, Robertson, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? He said Ferguson. Okay. Uh, Robertson uh, shoots 38% or more. I will make a tattoo of his number or uh, something like flight ray on my uh, back. I, yes. I will not my butt cheek, uh, as we did with, with Dion. I'm not ready to do that. Um, but the flight ray tattoo, I will make it if he shoots like 38%. Okay. Like, like lock lock it will, down, everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will do that. Um, uh, well, yes. My, my wife will kill me, but I'll try to make like something <laughs> something good out of it. Um, who's better in three, in three years again? Uh, I don't know. Um, he has, like, Ferguson has a lot of tools they like. He's... Yeah semi-proven shooter um he should like 44 percent after after the break and like he, his shots look all like close to the same mm-hmm. and so I, I see him shooting like 39 40 this season um I, it wouldn't surprise me the defensive side i think he has it uh in in his game but to be like uh, half of Robertson, it will take a lot. But still, mm-hmm. I think that the potential for him to be the best in three years is real. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's who I would go with in three years. I'd still, I'd say maybe Ferguson, Robertson, Abrinas, Diallo is the most likely order in three years. Because yeah. I mean, I, it's easy to just want to completely dismiss Abrinas. But mm-hmm. like, the guy is a great shooter and he oh, yeah. can move the ball and he showed to be a better defender at the end of the season than he has been in his career. So I'm still an Abrinas believer. I still think that he can make an impact on an NBA team. Will it be the thunder going forward? I'm not totally sure, but we'll, we'll see. But I, I think that Ferguson is likely the guy to rise above everybody else just because I just don't know that Robertson will ever be an effective offensive player. And we don't know what he looks like with his injury coming back. We, we still don't. We're, I'm optimistic. Thunder optimistic. He's optimistic. Wonderful. All that optimism can be great for our feelings that we have, but I just, until we see what he can do on the floor again, it's hard to say that he can be, a hundred percent of what he was last year. And if he can be, then maybe the answer is Robertson number one, because if he can, if he can recover and be a defensive player of the year type of guy and still move the ball in offense and set screens and cut, he is effective enough to where you can say, yeah, it's going to be Robertson, Ferguson, Abrinas Diallo like it is today. And so I, that that's kind of where I land on all of that. I think that Ferguson, just because of his athleticism, I do think that he's going to be a good offensive player and that he's been able to add to his body. I think that's a huge thing. And for mm-hmm. and the number for Ferguson after the All-Star break from three is 44%. Yeah. So on and, and, and lower attempts, know, 36 attempts. But you have the, the percentage from the corners? Uh, after the all-star break from the corners, I don't have it on okay. hand. No. Um, yeah, because I think it's, it's even higher. Uh, I remember discussing that it was like more than 50 uh, or 48, something like that, uh, which I totally buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and on Abrinas, uh, like playoff Abrinas was pretty good. Like, yeah. He was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like, Abrinas had a very bad season. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, I, I went back and looked at a ton of clips of Alex. And, like, he had wide open shots. And to shoot, like, 37.9, 38, whatever, he ended up shooting uh, on the, that kind of looks. On those looks, I don't think it's a good season for a shooter. Um, And so um, we will see. Uh, I think there's a potential for Alex to have a good season uh, due to the fact that 
uh, Donovan, I think, wants to have similar looks off screen for uh, Abrinus and George. And I am optimistic that Abrinus will be used, uh, if on the roster, to... Uh, as a first sub uh, when George goes to the bench because I think they will go full staggering again. Mm -hmm. And if he can shoot the ball a tad better uh, and the chemistry of the team is better in terms of flow because, like, you can can say that uh, there were um, good moments for this team, but the, the, the the flow of the offense didn't look good uh and for the entire season maybe for a two-week span and so if you remove a guy that plays his own music and you replace him with guys that that can play the same kind of music i think that the the entire offense will look uh, will look better and if abrinas has the opportunity to to be in the rotation from the beginning and to provide the shooting that he can provide and on the defense, it's the the abilities that we saw from uh, March, April on. Then, <clears throat> then I I'm not sure anymore who's the better option there. And and it's right. I mean, having a torn patellar um, tendon, it's a serious injury, or at least that is what I I got from every report that I read. And so, who knows? Uh, what percentage of uh, Robertson we will get back. And so Abrinas and Ferguson has, have real opportunities this yeah. season. And we'll see how, how that goes. Yeah, I, I I think you're right that they will have a chance to play a lot. And I, I just think the organization leans Ferguson. And I think mm-hmm. that Billy leans toward Ferguson. Yeah, I, I know that Sam Presti loves Alex Abrinas. I know he does. But at the end of the day, this is Billy's choice. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. think that Sam plays a huge hand in who plays and who doesn't. I'm not a huge believer in that theory. I think that it's Billy Donovan that gets to decide who plays and who doesn't. Hopefully so. I'm I'm almost 100% confident that that's the case. And so I think he leans defense. He leans athleticism. And that's where I don't necessarily agree that Ferguson's a better defender than Abrinas today, but I think he's more athletic. And I think that he can recover to shooters and stuff like that easier than Abrinas can. And so I think I think that Ferguson will probably be the guy to get the shot. And just depending on what happens in training camp, this training camp is going to be huge for a lot yes. of guys. I think for Abrinas and Ferguson it's a huge training camp because I think that that can determine who's going to be the guy that starts because I would be I would I would still be surprised if Robertson starts the season on mm-hmm. the you know as a part of the roster and as a part of a, the the starting unit and so I think it determines who starts I think it determines a lot of things and so I think that it's going to be big and it's going to be big for these I, th- I think they'll probably bring in the Burton will be in training camp I think that Diallo will be in training camp and I wouldn't be surprised if Hall and Hervey were both there too. And I think it will determine and they may not sign a two-way guy. They're going to, they may wait to see who they're going to mm-hmm. sign to the second two-way deal. And I think that training camp is going to be big for that. And so who, who shows out who, and also who impresses Russell? Cause I think that will be a part of the process. Like who's impressing the coaching staff and Sam Presti, but also when you ask Russell and Paul and Steven Adams, like who do you think could play with you guys who fits into this puzzle better of these guys? And I think that they'll have a say in it too, and they'll be playing with them on the court. So I think we're still a ways away from training camp, but I think it's going to be a huge deal. Uh, Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at down to dunk. Please leave us a five star iTunes review. You guys really showed up we uh are way past 500 five-star reviews at this point it means a ton to us it's a really easy free way to support our show if you could please take the time i know there's still a ton of you that haven't done it that subscribe and listen if you could just take the time today just go into your phone if you have an iphone super easy click that purple podcast app search down to dunk and just hit five stars. And if you have the time, leave us a nice message. That uh, means a lot to us, and it really does help our show quite a bit. So just an easy, free way to support us. Go eat at Andy's Frozen Custard. 
It's going to be hot today, probably wherever you are in the U.S. So please go eat at Andy's because it's so delicious and it's a a good way to support our show as well. Excuse me. Hope you guys have a great day. Uh, We'll be back Wednesday with Alex Spears. Uh, We just appreciate you guys. And we'll, we'll also have a Carmelo trade pod for you if that happens anytime soon. So have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon.